Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Uh, bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast for another look at the world of cycling for this fortnight. Uh, I'm Christophe Malen, I'm your host uh, this week. Before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast from our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. Uh, joining me in the studio, I should say, buongiorno. He's not Italian, he's Dave McKenzie, hey. Oh, no, buenos dias, buenos dias now, buenos dias. I'm, I'm switching, even though it is the Giro d'Italia. I was going to say, buongiorno, come stai? Uh, si, bene, molto bene. You know what, firstly, I'm worn out. I know. I am, you know why I'm worn out? Because, I think it's the same reason as me, but... Oh, it's, it. it's just, it's sport, there's never been, you can never have sport overload, but I think I, if I'm ever going to do it, I think I've done it. My weekend consisted of sport for myself, uh-huh. which was just a bike ride, then my son's soccer back game, awesome. Then my beloved Tigers got mm-hmm. the job done in the West, <laughs> the best in the West, as the headline said. And then last night it was like, okay, I've got Man City playing, um, Giro d'Italia stage two. Um, and then you've got to get up early for the Tour of California. Then Tour of California, you know, and then I've had, and then I'll, as a side thing, you've got to watch your favourite um, series on Netflix. So <laughs> it's just been a big, big weekend of sport. That's what you got. Bit, so much happening. You're a bit tired. You look a bit tired. Uh, oh, <laughs> are you one of those, are you? I don't you no, hate, I'm knackered as well. Don't I, you I, hate I, those <laughs> people who go, oh, gee, you look trashed. Oh, oh, did you have a big weekend? Like, Actually, no, I had a good nine hours sleep. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, let's talk cycling. Yes. Uh, we have a lot to talk about uh, this week. Let's start with uh, the Giro. Let's start with the Giro, I think. Uh, it's, so of course, one of the big tools. Uh, it's going to be an interesting Giro this year. It's, it it is always an interesting Giro. It is always an exciting one. I think anyone who watches it um, you know, and sits up those late nights, we mm-hmm. love it. And there's something about it, isn't it? But this year, the opening stage time trial in around Bologna and finishing on that steep climb, Primoz Roglic, he looks the goods, won it by 19 seconds to Yates, in the context of the race, that's not a huge margin and the way the course was, he's on fire. But Yates looks good as, good as well. There was a funny, so just to stop you here, there was a funny tweet going around in France, in, yeah. in French Twitterata, uh, because if Roglic finished just behind Demar, and the joke was, ah, oh, that's good, Demar is winning the sprint on the, on the time trial on Primoz Roglic. <laughs> you French, your jokes are so naff, aren't they? Uh, that was funny. <laughs> is that it? That's what you stopped me to tell me that. <laughs> yeah, because I thought he was, well, maybe he's working French, I don't know. <laughs> it's a translation. Exactly. Well, yeah. Lost in translation. <laughs> um, but actually, on Yates, what about his, what about his, his pre-sort of macho talk? He's, uh, he's a bit macho talk, like we're thinking we are about to step into a, a boxing ring. Uh, he's, feeling, he's feeling like a big boy. He is. He's, he said something along the lines of, you know, I mean, I'm in great form, which good on him. I want him to sound confident. And, um, you know, if I was my rivals, I'd be shitting myself. Yeah. <laughs> How much of this is the mind game? Like, you know. <laughs> I totally, you know what? I love it that he says that. And, he, and it was probably an off the cuff thing. And then, of course, the reporters went to Vincenzo Nibali and said, oh, what do you think about this? Um, but no, no, it's good. It's good banter. And it, look, it's good for the, it's good for us. Let's Absolutely. face it. It creates a bit of talk around 
around the mind games and who's got the who's got the good form. And at the moment, he's living up to it very early days, though. Absolutely, yeah, because it's very early days on this on this uh, Giro. Um, you mentioned Roglic. Um, I was going to say, I know it's three weeks. I know it's a long it's a long journey and so on, but. Roglic looks the goods, and it, definitely there is something for him in that in that tour in that Giro. He's he's the informed rider of the year, I think so mm-hmm. far. Um, well, the rider that's been racing, at least, you know, guys like um, Garrett Thomas, Chris Froome, they haven't raced much. Uh, Richie Port, we'll get to him in a moment, but he's he's been sort of plagued with a bit of illness, and he, he's getting back on track hopefully. But Roglic is in great form. He's mm-hmm. had some good wins already. He is absolutely. Primed, Primrose primed <laughs> for you the think Giro. Your jokes are better than mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty naff too, wasn't it? That was that was a really it's hard. The, it's the dad jokes I wear. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, now he is in great form, and I think, as you say, three weeks is a long time, and you do need a little bit of luck, and you need good form and health for that three-week journey. But all things considered, I think he's going to be uh, the rider to beat over that over that journey. Absolutely. What do you make of Nibali? He's one of the best Grand Tour riders. Of this generation, he's won it. He's won it. Do not, do not discount Vincenzo Nibali. He had a good time trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was third in the TT, so he was only about four or five seconds behind Yates. Nibali will be very good. He knows, he knows the roads of Italy better than anyone, even Yates. Um, Yates will have learned a lot from last year, uh, and he'll be, he'll, I think he'll be, will be a little bit better. He'll need to be though in order to win. Um, but it's going to be a great race. And there's a few other talking points. We, you know, we're really zoning in on the GC guys, but already we've had stage two done and dusted. Who would have picked a rider by the name of Pascal Ackerman to win a bunch sprint Absolutely. against Viviani, against Gaviria, Caleb Bjorn and Anu Damar? Wiped them all and wiped them, got them actually quite easily. In is, the end. is this something that can definitely happen in the Giro? The Giro is prime for this, especially in the early stages of the Giro. Yeah, it's a different. It's it's a real. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, it's the second biggest bike race in the world, you yeah. know, behind the Tour de France and only to the Tour de France. So, and you look at those sprinters that I just reeled off. Take Ackerman because we probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have picked him as a big bunch sprinter, but now he's proven already that he is. Um, and Caleb's team did the did the perfect lead out. He said it himself. They did the perfect lead out. He said, I didn't do the perfect sprint. Basically, he just wasn't quick enough. Um, I, I, did, I didn't sit up late, but I did watch the highlights. And he was beaten by better bike riders in the end. And Viviani, same. You, you can say you made wrong decisions. Ackerman jumped at the right time. Caleb Bjorn jumped with about 200, 250 to go. So he probably actually needed his man to go a little bit longer in the sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ackerman's an interesting story and an interesting one around Bora Hansgrohe because remember Bennett, the Irishman, yep. three stages last year, was omitted from the team. They've put Ackerman in. Ackerman now wins the first road stage. So they've already proven that they made a good decision. But Bennett's almost saying, well, it makes me think about whether or not I should stay at the team. And mm-hmm. you, you've got to say, fair enough, a guy who wins three stages in the Giro and then they omit him from the team. So there's some... There's some politics going on at Bora Hans. So the, the mind game as well played. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, in terms of uh, you've you rode the Giro, you won a stage at the Giro. How how are the riders feeling just before going into the first Grand Tour of the year? Because it's you know we went through the classics and we talk about the, the season of the classics uh, a bit a bit later on. But um, so you go through all those classics. Some of them have didn't ride the classics. They train for those three weeks. So are they really? edging to to just go and get the job done 
They are. I mean, look, uh, to be really honest, I think it's changed so much from when I raced a Giro mm-hmm. almost 20 years ago and the style of racing back then to the style of racing now. No longer is it ruled by the Italian mafia, as we used <laughs> to call it. You know, they decided when to race and they decided when to, to ride along at 30 kilometres an hour They even decided where hours. the helicopters was going to stand. Uh, that's the French guy as well. Y- yeah, Laurent exactly. Fignon. Yeah, that's and right. Was there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're, you're holding a grudge, aren't you? Um, but no, it, it, it's true though. The race has changed completely, but you're right. Guys like Yates, um, nibbly not so much. I think Yates, he said, he's already said unfinished business, obviously from last mm-hmm. year. So he's he would be itching to get going. I think Roglic as well. But they're very measured and there's a there's a lot more science and a lot more sort of um, calculations, I think, within the riders and within the teams. You know, they're very calculating about how they approach a Grand Tour, try and keep them calm. So... Th- I think we've learned a lot as as yep. professional cyclists in the last 20, 30 years. We've learned a huge amount and, and they've become so much more professional, I think, in their approach and, and it's really measured. Everything's measured, you know, uh, for a Grand Tour. So I think if you, if, yeah, if you do want to compare it from sort of back to my era and eras previously to now, I think that's the big difference. I think everything is really measured and, and calculated, you know, and it's not just one rider in a team. He's mm-hmm. got a whole team behind him. Now and and a whole team absolutely behind him, backing him in, planning each day meticulously. You know, looking at they would have looked at every corner of that Bologna uh, circuit. They would every have, they would have wrecked anything, it. Yeah. yeah, every pothole, every little downhill uh, downhill section, every dog leg. So all those little intricacies, I think, uh, are the differences. So I know you love the Vuelta. I know you love the Tour, and I also know you love the Giro. But do you look at the Giro as with something special in your eyes? Just because you you were part of it, and then you uh, you're part of the Palmares? Yeah, totally. Yes, absolutely. It's I'd be lying if I, I said I didn't. Um, um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, there is something, you know, the, the, the slogan a few years ago, I, I worked on the, I was working on the Giro for SBS on the ground mm-hmm. a couple of years ago when I was living there and they created this slogan, the toughest race in the most beautiful place. And that's, I thought, yeah, yeah. that's true. It's really true, you know, and, and even being a Frenchman <laughs> and, and, you know, we look at the coverage of the Tour de France and. Wow, it blows you away. And I've got to say, I've fallen more in love with France working on the race probably than I did when I lived there for a mm-hmm. season, you know. Um, but it's, no, it's, it's the same true. for me. It's the same for me. It's crazy, but it's the same for me anyway. Uh, about France? About fully, re-falling in love with the country, which I left uh, a few years back. Well, that's uh, that's almost weird because um, you're, obviously you're a French. I know, I know. But uh, I realised I never really went out too much of, out of Paris. Yeah, I think you said um, that to me. And and that's that's what SBS gave me is that the ability to just actually go around France, not just in Paris or some few spots or few places. I went around France with a purpose. Uh, and yeah, we have a great team, actually. I was going to say, oh, I think it's, it's the people you're hanging out with. <laughs> that make the difference. Absolutely. No, back to the Giro, it's <laughs> the toughest race in the most beautiful place. And that, that to me, sums up the Giro d'Italia. You know, in Italy is just, you cannot get a bad coffee anywhere. You cannot get a, a bad pizza, a bad bad plate of pasta. Mm. And, you know, like I eat, I eat pasta at home three to four days a week. I do, I actually do, for lunch or for dinner. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's, it's part of my culture now in Australia because of those years I spent in Italy and, and obviously that European lifestyle. So, yeah, there is something special, but it's not just the Giro d'Italia for me. It's And I try and look beyond that. I try and look at the history of the race and, and you know, mm-hmm. like the Tour de France, 
back through the war times and the, the stars and the, the culture that it created and cultivated over the last sort of 80 odd years. Absolutely. Uh, let's go and cross the Atlantic. Uh, and now we've got uh, the tour of California that is on as well at the same time. It's also across the night. It's on it's, right now. It's on right now as right, we right speak. Now. <laughs> They're lining up for the spring. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's a podcast. <laughs> uh, but it's on SBS every morning. Um, what do you make of that race this year? Because there's a good bunch of very good riders. That, that race is getting a lot more attraction from the good riders that are actually eyeing out the Tour de France. You've hit it on the head. More than anything else. It's the perfect... Well, it, it, it's, it's a really good build-up for Tour de France because you generally got really nice weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not a, it's not a tour that absolutely drains you completely, but it's got... They, they're climbing 20,000 uh, metres of climbing over the course of the sort of week, nine days. So it's, a, it's hard enough... But it's not that, it's not those narrow laneways, you know, European sort of, you know, 200 kilometres on European small roads where you're mentally, you've got to be completely switched on focus the whole time, you know, dodging stray cats or dogs or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, massive uh, fans. So it's, they've got, they get good fans. It's, it's, um, you know, but it's wide open roads, mostly. Um, therefore, you can sort of sit in the middle of the peloton at ease a little bit. And you're right, the lineup is really good. And yeah. A couple of ones that I'm interested in, amongst others, obviously Richie Port. So first that's time good, for him. Yeah, that's first time for him. Yeah. It's going to be super important for us to see how he is because so, we haven't really seen much of Richie this nah, year. Well, not since Australia. Exactly. He, because he's been sick. He had to pull out of Paris. He went to Catalonia. Didn't do much there, but he was coming back off mm-hmm. at the back end of illness. Um, so he's changed his program really around. I'm happy he's gone to California. Yep. I think it's what he needs. And what would be nice would be great to see him win the the Mount Baldy, the penultimate stage, or the you know the big mountain top finish there, just for some confidence. I think I think he almost needs that more than he does to show he's got form. He needs it just for some morale boost, and as importantly for his Trek Segafredo team to say he's back on. Our boy is back on, and we're only, you know, a bit over a month out from the Tour de France. And, and we're not talking we're just uh, the management. We're talking also the boys with him. The riders, uh, yeah. The riders with him, the yeah. Coupe de Corte. The, yeah. Those guys had great expectation for the year, and so far, so far, it's uh, an inverted comma, but it's not really delivering on the pre loading for the for the big race no and this i think it you know let's be honest it can go either way mm-hmm. richie port season from here on and we, we talk about him in almost every podcast but for good reason Why because not? i i think Why he's not? genuinely with the with his with good form with good morale confidence and a bit of luck he is genuinely a favorite for the tour de france and mm-hmm. has been we know that so that's why we talk about him but it will go either way from here on he will he will either either bomb out at the Tour de France, as in he won't produce the form as well and his best days are behind him, or I think he can win it. I really do. So I think California is going to tell us a lot. Yeah, uh, a lot as well around Sagan and understanding where he's at, because we talked a lot about Sagan as well in all those pod- mm. podcasts we do, but we know he's been there at the front, but not winning. And we've been, you know, a lot of people have been criticizing. We've been actually quite defending a lot of Sagan saying, hey guys, second for <laughs> on a bike race week in, week out is actually not really bad, uh, not bad, uh, but could this be the tour where he can reset the season and actually win that tour and set himself again on, on the top spot of a podium? He won't win the tour. I think he'll win a stage mm-hmm. uh, or two. He's won 16 or 18 stages. Yeah. It's ridiculous how many stages he's won. But again, 
because of because he's a prolific winner, we expect him to win nearly every time he races. Yep. So I, I, I will still argue and debate that people will say, oh, he's not going good. Now, I'll disagree with that. He's going good. He's just not going Peter Sagan very best. So he's only 1% or 2% off. Let's not forget, he was top 10 at Flanders, top 5 at Milan San Remo. Uh, Paris-Roubaix, he was there. He was yep, right there until there. the end, yep. top 5 or 6. So I'd sign up for that. I, know. <laughs> I would sign up for that in my career. Now, uh, and there's other riders that would, would sign up for that any day of the week. So... He's not going bad. If he bombed out of those races completely, then I think we can criticise. But come on, come on, people. Mm-hmm. He's a human being. Absolutely. And the fact is, he will go to the Tour de France as the red-hot favourite to win the green jersey because he, because of his consistency. And if anything, all it's showing is that he's still so consistently good, he's just not on the top step. Absolutely. But it'll come. Uh, talking about a um, situation where riders are at the minute, Marcel Kittel, uh, there's been a big news uh, over the last week or so because Marcel Kittel and Katusha decided to part ways. Mm. Uh, there's a lot more behind just parting ways, I think, in this story because if we look back at how Marcel Kittel joined Katusha, he, he joined Katusha on a super high. He won four or five stages on that Tour de France that year. Yep. It, that was the big signing for Katusha, big bucks, big money. And then didn't deliver. Uh, and, and so what went on? Because we know that now there's probably a, a question around the, the mental health and how he's feeling in his head. What do you make of all this? Because this is really sort of new on the circuit where we see we had uh, Cavendish as we're talking a lot about mental health. Uh, the, the, so in terms of the health of the riders, we've been concentrating a lot on, on their, their, their body health. Yeah. But the mental health is huge. And this is one of the of the issue at the minute for someone like Michael Marcel yeah. Peter, And can Katusha as well, if we um, second part of my question are they being fair saying are they not letting him just go and get on with them not helping him what's the situation well if i can simplify it and in a yeah there was a long question (laughs) yeah no 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 no. your your question's right and and we should give it we should give it the attention that it deserves but i guess i'll try and simplify it and i hope i'm not being um uh, brushing it off i think we need to simplify it in the fact that kittle's had a a bad year and a half Mm -hmm. with with katusha and part of that's been a bit of, uh, you know, bad luck and maybe illness as well and just not good form. And then the old saying, winners are grinners. When you're winning, the team loves you. When you're not winning and you paid the big bucks to win, that's when the team start to so sort we, of We saw you. him at the Tour, that's, that's almost a year ago, in the bus while throwing, throwing bike. his bike yep. uh, against the bus and, and shouting inside the, the bus. So, so, yeah, his mental state obviously isn't great mm-hmm. and he's taking a break because he's not happy. But I... Don't think it's any more than that. And I hope I'm right. Yeah. And Because if I'm wrong, then that it means that it's a really serious situation. I don't think it's any more serious than that. Um, you know, it's like being in a high-pressure job, in any job in the world, where you're not delivering. You, you feel the pressure. And that's what he's feeling. He's only a human being. So, And, and so, again, I'm not saying it's, it's um, he should toughen up. Not at all. Mm-hmm. He's making the right decision for himself. I, I, let's, I hope he's back, but I only hope he's back if he wants to be back. You know, I heard on the commentary this morning uh, on California, they were saying, you know, let's hope he's back racing soon. Yeah. Why? Why should we? Do we hope he's back because we want him back? Because we want to see Kittle win? No, let's hope he's back because he wants to be yeah, back. Yeah, for the right reasons. Not for, not for any other reason. Let's make this about him, and it's not about it's not about the fans. It's not about the commentators, um, you know. So we can build up the rivalry between him and the other sprinters. Who cares about that? 
it's about Marcel Kittle, and he's had a great career. So if he stops now, so what? Yeah. He's won massively. He's been one of the world's best sprinters. And, and I think we're, we're too quickly to critique them on their last race, you know, or their last, their last season. And unfortunately, there'll be certain sections of the press and the media that will. If he doesn't race again, they'll say, oh, well, it was a terrible end to a, to yeah. a pretty good career, mm-hmm. which, you know, which I think would be harsh. So I think we've got to, we've got to respect Kittle as a normal human being, not as the, the superstars that we put them on this pedestal like they're unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Because they are. Everyone's, everyone's breakable. The, be- the best in the world are breakable. Um, you know, there's not, there's not too many that – and if they, if they pretend they're not or if we don't see it, there's chinks in any armour – it's just how you try and manage that yourself, and uh, I think I think it's it's a good thing to be able to be open about it. And he has he's yeah. just said we've decided mutually to take a break, and he goes. But he said something along the lines of, "I need to find my happy place again," you know, uh, and that's important to him. Yeah, absolutely. Very good words, uh, Maka. Let's uh, talk about women cycling. Yes. Uh, Voss, superstar. Yeah, there's plenty going on with the women's and Voss, Mariana Voss. She won the Tour of Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. And it was a brutal final stage um, coming in along those uh, windswept uh, roads weather, along the, the weather, coast. Like we, I know we joke about the British weather, but the weather didn't help. Well, <laughs> you know, the only time I've been to Yorkshire was when the Tour, tour de France started uh-huh. there a few years ago. I, I lived in Yorkshire. And it, did you? Yes. Hull. Kingston upon Hull. Oh, Kingston upon Hull. And? Yes. and? Good. Uh, no further comment. Oh, well, the <laughs> no, Tour de France. You had there, a good time when there, the Tour started there. You nah, weren't on that one. Nah. It was absolutely beautiful. It was stunning. The way, and it was blue sky days. It was magic. I, I must stress. I know there's some British people listening to us. Hull is a very special place, <laughs> even within Yorkshire. <laughs> and I was a student there. Too so. late now. <laughs> They've switched off. They've already oops, switched oops. off. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Too late. Um, no, but back to Voss. Great to see her back winning. She's one of the world's very best. But what's what's what we've seen in the last few years is that women's cycling and the the very top end is really on a uh, on the rise because there's so many women different women winning now and mm-hmm. that, and that's really healthy for the sport but it's good to see the very best um, bounce back and Voss now you know she's showing some good form at the right time with some big races coming up of course La Corse women's Giro d'Italia as well which is around the time of the Tour de France the men's Tour de France mm-hmm. um, but in other results Brady Chapman won the Tour of Giro in the States actually dominated that she yep. won by a country mile in the end winning the final stage and Rach Nalen uh, won a stage of the Grazia Orlova in the Czech Republic. So we've had some good um, good women's results from the Aussies out there as well. So, Absolutely. Yeah, going, going always good. super interesting anyway. Mm. Uh, let's rewind back uh, the, the clock as well to, to conclude on this podcast. Uh, the season of classic, the classic season is finished. Uh, we had an amazing season. I think it was really entertaining. A uh, few names that come out of the, of the hat, but of course, Van der Poel, even though he didn't ride on all the races, that's the name that comes up. It's got to be the right? highlight, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think. It had that, and we're talking about Amstel Gold. It's not a monument. Mm-hmm. It was sort of considered a monument back back pre, you know, when the system was completely different. But really, in the eyes of many, it still and is a monument. And how he won it. How, like, that it, was it, insane. That, that commentary is still chilling when you listen to it. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's This am- is the best conclusion of a bike race you could ever see. I think that's what the commentary said. It was. It was a fairy tale yeah. finish. <laughs> and, and it kept you guessing until the very end. And a special mention to, to Simon Clark because yep. the, Clark, pre- the season he has had thus far has been exceptional. Simon Clark just keeps on giving. 
and uh, he's giving to EF Education first. He's been. He's it been was good brilliant. to see the pink jerseys. Uh, yeah, they've down. been they've been great. Bessiol, of course, winning mm-hmm. Ronde van Vlaanderen. Absolutely, they've had an amazing um, start to the season, haven't they? So, but Vanderpol singularly, I think, is yeah. is the best one I've seen. And I think we need to mention Gilbert as well because winning Paris Roubaix, going four out of the five big monuments, uh, we know what he's going to target next year. Yeah, <laughs> there's only one missing. It's Milan San Remo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after the crash he had, we all saw the crash at the Tour de France. Remember, you and I were together yes. when we saw him going over the ravine, going, Ew, yes, that's a tough one. Yes. Uh, and for he's him, a freak. Uh, yeah, he's a freak, basically. He's a freak. I, I, but I still don't think he can win Milan San Remo. Don't you think? No, nah, it's not. Even if he goes 100%, I put all my eggs and my mate's eggs in the same basket. <laughs> <laughs> They'll crack. <laughs> okay. The eggs will break. They'll hit each other on, on the rough sections in the, into San Remo. No, I, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I'd love it. I'd love it. And and in this era, to have Absolutely. someone win all of the monuments because they're quite different. There's a contrast, you know, from Milan San Remo to Liège Baston Liège. Or Paris Roubaix. Or... Yeah, I mean that's you know you will not. You very rarely do you get the same rider. You know, not in this era. And correct me if I'm wrong. Liège Baston Liège, Milan San Remo. You don't get the same yeah. two riders. Mm-hmm. The same one rider wins those races. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, we'll have a great year next year going into the classics again, just yes. for watching. After. Oh, Thank yes. you, Maka. It was uh, great to have you again in the podcast. We need to mention as well that next week we are up in Sydney, you and I, because we are going for the uh, podcast award. So everyone cross their fingers. Uh, for We are in the running for the I'm best. I'm just on po- your coat. You've, you, I've reserved a seat in your very large suitcase. Thank you. You're still deciding which suit to wear. You've got the beige, the maroon, the blue, yeah, the yellow. No, no, no. Don't do the yellow, mate. Trust me. It's... <laughs> I might go to pink. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are up for the uh, podcast of the the spot podcast of the year so let's all uh, cross fingers for us um, yes because Tip, we fingers toes really want to have that we, yes. we don't want to be on the podium we want to be on the top we step. want the top step otherwise <laughs> if, I, if we get the silver medal i'm throwing it in the bin absolutely <laughs> <laughs> thank you Michael. thank you and that was the uh, zwift cycling central podcast for this week remember you can uh, download stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at zwift until the next episode it's bye for now A quick shout-out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it. Your cycling buddies probably use it. And the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.